Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. And join me in welcoming our online audience as well as our television audience. And if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, this is a place to be Sunday morning. God is here, lives are being changed, and your life will be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God for that wonderful testimony. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? That's beautiful. My Lord and my God. God is the strength of our lives. And welcome, welcome, welcome again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What a week it's been. It's been an awesome and a blessed week. And thank God for how far he has brought us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that may the entrance of God's word this morning transform your life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For me, it's such a joy and a privilege to be able to share the word of God. And we thank God for all that he has done and all that he is about to do. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We have a busy agenda this morning, so let's get into our Bible lesson. All throughout this month, we've been discovering what the resurrection of Jesus Christ has made available for us. And it's so important that these lessons, you go over, over them over and over and over and over again. Uh, it's not just enough to listen to it one time. Go over the scriptures. Meditate on them. Think on them. Feed on those scriptures. And let's see your life transformed by God's word. In Jesus' name. God's word is alive, and it's his word that changes us. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let's get into, into our Bible lesson this morning. Now, we are talking about what Christ has redeemed us from. We've talked about what Jesus is doing for us now at the right hand of the Father. Our identification with Christ is still last week. talked about the anointing. Different things that has been made available for us. But you see, if you don't know what has been made available to you, you may go through life and not enjoy it or walk in the fullness of, of it. It'll be like the, the person that bought a ticket to go on a cruise, and when they did, um, throughout the whole cruise, they were not coming for the meals that were served. And they are taking crackers along with them to eat. And the whole time, that's all they were eating during the cruise. And every time people were feasting, uh, having dinner and having meals, he would just peek in there, and then you go back to eating his crackers. So at the end of the trip, they asked him and said, I mean, did you not like the, the menu here or the food here? And he said, no, 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 I, I thought that my ticket only covered my entrance into the, into the ship and nothing else, and my meals weren't covered, that's, so I, that's why I didn't show up. They said, no, 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 no. Your, your ticket covered all the meals. And the whole tri the trip was over. <laughs> he realized what he had missed. Missed that he had the, all he had was the ticket, the, the entrance to the place, but he had missed out on the meals. People were feasting like kings and queens. Oh my God! So don't wait to get to heaven and find out that why you, when you made it to heaven, all right, but while you were down here, there were certain things you were supposed to enjoy, and you never enjoyed it. I was like, why? If I had known, I would have, uh, things would have been different. That's why we are going through these lessons. Things will be different for you. Amen. I said things will be different for you. In Jesus' name. You will not just go through eating crackers. Amen. You, you receive all that God has planned and purpose. Amen. Psalm 107, verse 2. Psalm 107, verse 2. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That word redemption is a big word in the Bible. Redeemed, redemption. Now, in the, in the Greek, which is what the New Testament is written in, there are four words translated redeemed. Let's look at them real, real quickly. Now, to understand that also, what you have to realize, like in, in, in Ephesus and some of the other places, Corinth, Alexandria, some of the cities, and in the time that J Paul wrote the New Testament, there were slave markets. And please, please put those images if you have them up. It, um, there were slave markets that they had. And what would happen is, 
um, people will go into these harbor, um, like the harbor marketplace in Ephesus and some of these other places, and they will buy slaves from those markets, places. So the people of their day, and you find that word redemption a lot used in, in the epistles. The people of their day understood when Paul used that, those terms or used that particular term. Now, what they will do sometimes is they will, um, sometimes they will buy a slave from the market, and then after a while, they will put the slave back on the market. Or sometimes also, they will buy a slave from that market, and the, the slave will be free permanently. And usually what will happen is, they will, um, they will stand there, and they will keep bidding on the price, and then the highest bidder got the slave from, from the market. Now, there are four words that are used. So the word used in the New Testament for redemption is the word agorazo. That word means to buy permanently from the marketplace. So those people understood those terms. Sometimes those, 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 those historical backgrounds help us. So agorazo means to buy from the marketplace. And then, not only that, once the person, so agora is the name of the market. And then agorazo is to buy, which is the word that way we get our word redemption from, to buy from the marketplace. Now, the thing that you have to realize is that once this person was bought from the marketplace, they could either, like I said, be a temporary, it could be a temporary solution, or it could be something permanent. And then there's another word, ex agorazo, and then lutro, and then oplutrosis. You see, that was the price. Lutro was the price that was paid. And in our case, the price that was needed for our redemption was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It was the highest price that Jesus God used to buy us from that. You see, before Jesus Christ came, the whole world, and still the whole world, the Bible talks about the fact that the whole world lies in wickedness. And all of us were being tossed about left and right by him. We were in that place where we were in captivity to the enemy. And Jesus Christ comes and sheds his blood for us and redeems us from that spiritual marketplace which is dominated by the enemy so you and I are no longer available on the market. I say you are no longer available on the market. Jesus has paid an awesome price for you. Notice what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1. That's the same word that is used there. Colossians 1 verse 13. These are key verses. Colossians 1 verse 13. He says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. He has translated us. He has delivered us from the authority, from the domain of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. This is letter is written to spirit-filled Christians. Anybody that is a child of God has been translated from the authority, from the domain, the power of darkness, into the kingdom of the Son of his love. You are no longer your own. My Lord and my God. So somebody will say, if I have been delivered from the power or the authority of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love, then why the struggle? Why the battle? Why the day-to-day -day difficulties? The struggle that I have with my flesh, with my mind. It's one of the very first things God asks you to do as soon as you become a child of God. The very first thing he asks you to do is to renew your mind. And you see, even before we get there, one time a, a, a police person uh, got a call uh, that somebody's goat has been captured and, and killed. So, but when he got there, he realized that that wasn't actually the situation. The, 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 the goat was 
lying down and previously had been tied with a rope. And even though he was tied with a rope, when he, he was incapable of moving, and when he got there, he untied the rope. I mean, the, the rope was untied, and the goat thought that it was still tied, so it was still lying down. <laughs> so he gave it a slap and said, "My friend, get up." <laughs> and it was still it was still lying down. He thought he thought it was tied. They gave it a slap again, and then all of a sudden, the goat realized it was free, and then he took off running. So, so many times, spiritually, we have been set free. We have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. But why does the battle keep going on? Why the struggle? There needs to be a renewal of the mind. That is the, one of the very first things God asks us to do when we are saved. And what causes... That illusion of bondage. What causes that illusion that we are still in captivity? What causes that illusion that we are still where we are, where we are right now? The first thing is wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Wrong thinking will keep you in an illusion of bondage. And then the second thing is wrong believing. Wrong thinking, wrong believing. And then the third thing is sometimes memories of terrible experiences that happened before you even became, before you knew the Lord. Those memories can keep you in an illusion of bondage, even though Jesus has made you free. And then the fourth thing is sometimes fear that are transferred to us by family and friends. Fears. Those fears can keep you in bondage. And then the fifth thing is, sometimes years and years of feeding on incorrect information. So what needs to happen? The mind needs to be renewed. And that is why we are going through these lessons. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, you will walk in the freedom and the liberty that Jesus has made you free. Notice, so the first thing he says to us is one of the very first things is to renew our mind. Notice what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this well, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed by the renewed wall of your mind. That's where the battle is most of the time. You see, before you became a child of God, your mind used to think in line with the ways of the world. But when you become a child of God, the person on the inside is born again. The person on the inside is saved, but the mind and the body is still the same. So what needs to happen is for your inner man or your spirit to dominate those two. And that is where the battle is. So he says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. He says, he says therefore, get up the loins of your mind. Therefore, get up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Get up the loins of your mind. Get. The idea there is like a runner, somebody who is running. And if they have a lot of clothes dangling around, it will hinder them from running. So what they have to do is to get those and then tuck it away so they can be free to run. 
So in other words, what he's saying is, any thought patterns that keeps you in an illusion of bondage, any thought patterns that keeps you in captivity, get rid of those thoughts. So any emotions, anything that keeps you in bondage and in captivity, get rid of those things. Get out the loins of your mind. Get out the loins of your mind. Don't let it run loose. We are all sold under sin, but Jesus Christ comes. Notice what he says in Romans chapter 7. That word redemption, that word soul is, is, is used there. He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. We were all in that place. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Get up the loins of your mind. The spirit man has to dominate. If not, you will still remain in captivity. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. He says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Be renewed. In the spirit of your mind. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, he says, And I put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. In other words, let the new man, let the new person, which is who is created in Christ Jesus, who is created in righteousness and true holiness, let that person be the dominant person. Make your decisions, your thought processes, everything line up with the word of God and with the renewed man. Case you. And don't let wrong thinking hold you back. Renew your mind. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sometimes it's years and years and years. You have to ask yourself, the way I've been thinking and the way I've been believing and the way I've, act, I've been acting, what are the results? What are the proofs in my life? Somebody said, if you want to change, make a change. If you want things to change, you have to be willing to, re, to, to be changed, renew. That word renew is, is, is like meta, met, metamorphosis. We get that word from there. How, how the grasshopper goes, starts from a process and then goes through to become a full grown. It starts from somewhere, but it keeps changing. Oh, my Lord and my God, anything that has held you in bondage, in captivity, I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that you will walk in freedom and liberty in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, there are two words. Let's go a step further here. There are two words that open up the Bible. Those, those words are the words life and death. Two words. Now, in the beginning, when Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, they had the very life and the very nature of God. Then we discovered in our lessons, in our lessons this month as well, that he by an act of his will, Adam by an act of his will, sold out to the enemy, to Satan. He went, we discovered, from life to death. Is it God to have told them that on the day that you eat of the fruit of that tree, you will die? Well, they didn't die physically that day. See, death, death in the Bible never means the cessation of life. Uh, no, no. Every, once a spirit being is introduced into the earth, they never cease to exist. When somebody dies from a physical standpoint, they transition from their physical body to another place. If they, have, if, they have, if they have the life of God, they go to heaven. If they've never received Jesus Christ, this is a hard reality, but that's the truth. If they've never received Jesus Christ into their lives, then they go to hell. 
And they don't go there primarily for what, what, what I mean, what they've, what they've done. They go there primarily because of who they are. Because they, by an act of their will, have decided to reject the lordship of Jesus Christ. And because they share the same nature as the enemy, then they have to go where he, where he is. I know it's a very hard reality, but that's the truth. There are people in heaven right now, and there are people in hell right, right now. The people in hell will tell you, don't come here, please. Remember the, the rich man and Lazarus, the man was saying, please, go and tell my friends. Go and tell my family, please, don't let them come here. They said they have Pastor Paul. He's preaching every Sunday, telling them the truth. <laughs> if you are speaking today, Moses is not here. I'm the one here. <laughs> and others, others like me. <laughs> Go and tell them. He's, he's preaching. Don't come here. I'm not going to send you from here to go. They have people on here telling them. And that is why the message, we, the, good, the good news we are sending to we, you tell your neighbors, please. These are, not, these are serious matters. Anyway. Where were we before we got, we got on that? Anybody remember? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Renew our mind. I'm checking to see if you are here or if you've gone home. Amen. You see, when Jesus Christ comes into your life, that is the life that, the life that God, Jesus, brought into the world. Let's answer the question. Let's, 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 not, let's, let's not get into it. What has Jesus redeemed us from? Galatians 3.13. He says, Christ. Christ means the anointed one and his anointed. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What has he redeemed us from? Number one, we are redeemed from spiritual death. We are redeemed from spiritual death. John chapter 10 verse 10, he says, John 10 verse 10, he says, thank you Lord Jesus. He says that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That word life there is Zoe. That is the very life of God. That is the same life that is in God. And Jesus came and introduced that life into the world. And made it available for you and I. So anybody who received Jesus, please get this. If you get this, you will have gone far in, uh, uh, a step further in your walk with the Lord. What am I redeemed from? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, thank you, Lord Jesus. Notice this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, he says, We know, not we are not sure. We know that we have passed from death to life. It's not talking about physical death. No, no, no. Because what is the first sign? We love the brethren. He who does, does not love his brother abides in death. We have passed from death to life. Do you know that today? If not, at the end of this message, you can be sure. We know that we have passed from spiritual death to life. The very life of God that Jesus Christ brought into the world. We know. One time, Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3. He couldn't figure this thing out. Jesus, well, he, was, came, he came to Jesus and said, no one can do these miracles except God is with him. You have this, the word of truth. Tell me what needs to happen here. Jesus said, you must be born again. If we have to define these terms, redemption, what, 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 do, what do these things mean? 
Then he was struggling. He says, well, do I have to go into my mother's room? John chapter 3. You can read the account there. Do I have to go into my mother's room to be born again? Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. You have missed the point totally. You are born, and at some point, you transition to death. When the the sin nature came to life, came, came, came manifest, you went and you die spiritually. Now you must be born again and go from death to life. So we have been redeemed from spiritual death. That's what makes the difference in, the, in our lives and the life of others who have accepted Jesus. One time there was a family of five, and this family was, was so poor, they, they didn't even have um, the, the, the ground in their house was, was, was not, well, I mean, it was just sand. And they used wooden boards. And one day, the church found these people, and at the time, this, this one of the children was like nine or ten years. And they started bringing those kids to church. And as they brought those kids to church, there were five of them. Two of them received Jesus Christ, and their lives were completely changed. The other three didn't follow through. And in the process of time, this, this one of them, the one who was like 9 or 10, that, that boy, got some materials, like the ones I'm talking about right now, and began to feed on them. He, he began to think in terms. You see, God never made any failures. God is not a failure. He doesn't make failures. He began to see who he was in Christ and what God has made me to be, and he was determined to do something with his life. He graduated from high school, went to college, and eventually became a professor. But what made the difference? What made the difference? What made the difference? The life of God. The life of God can pick anyone. Oh, I've seen it so many times. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you have been through. I can, it doesn't matter the emotional hang-ups. It doesn't matter what you, are, what you are faced with. I can assure you by the word of the living God that when the life of God comes into your life, if you will give Jesus an opportunity, he will take that life and do something with it. Down the three... That didn't follow through. One of them ended up as a prostitute. One of them ended up in the penitentiary. And the other one, it, it didn't go well with them. You see, really, your life never starts till you make a decision to yield it to the Lord. Jesus has paid the price. But everybody has to accept it themselves. Everybody. What else? You see, this is that Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You see, the redemptive names of Jesus shows us in totality, the seven redemptive names of God, shows us God's redemptive attitude toward us. But to really get to, what, what does it mean, the curse of the law? You have, we have to go back to the law. No, now when he says the law, it invariably refers to the five books of the Old Testament, what we call the Pentateuch. Or sometimes it refers to the whole Old Testament, or sometimes even the prophets. So we have to go back there to find out what is redeemed from. So the first thing is spiritual death. And then the second thing is sickness. You see, there was no sickness in the garden before Adam and Eve fell. There was none up there, none there. So later on in Deuteronomy chapter 28, read that chapter sometime when you, when you have time. He talks about the blessing, and then he talks about the curse. The blessing was God's ideal, God's plan, God's purpose, God's highest, God's best. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he starts and talks about the blessing. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, he says that now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. 
It doesn't matter the nation that you live in. Uh, God, is every, God is in every nation. He says, in every nation, he that honors him, he that reverences the Lord, he that fears the Lord, is accepted with him. It doesn't matter. He will set you high above the, the prevailing circumstances in that nation. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Adam and Eve didn't obey God, so they lost it. Now you're seeing that the key back to it is to obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then he lists all the blessings that will come upon them. All the way through. Verse 13. Then from verse 15. All the way down. It's a lot of verses. That's, I'm talking about the curse. That's the side you don't want to be on. <laughs> Nothing goes well. You read it sometime. When you, when you, it's a very long list. But after he goes through all of it, he gets to verse 61, and then he says, we are talking about what have, he says we have been redeemed from the curse of God. You have to go back here to, 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 to find out. Verse 61, he says this, and so every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord bring upon you all the, the, in the Hebrews, he said, will the Lord allow upon you until you are destroyed. So when he, when he says that he has redeemed us from the curse of the law, he says, even the ones not listed, he lists again a long list of sicknesses and diseases. You see, the thing is, after Adam sinned, God told him, they said that now the curse, the ground is cursed because of what you have done. So now the curse is all there. And then there's the blessing on God's side. At some point, he took them to a, to, to, to a place. They said, look, the, he put the place, the, best, the blessing on one mountain, the curse on, on one mountain. Then everybody has to decide which side they want to be on. Which side do you want to be on? Which side, which side do you want to be on? Everybody wants to be on the blessing side. He told you exactly what to do in Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 and 2. But here he says that, look, even the sicknesses, took, there was to black closest, different things. Even the ones that are, not, that are not in the, if you not listen to God, the curse is already out there. Uh, you are making the decision to walk in it. But one of them is sickness. So when Jesus Christ, he says that Jesus Christ became a curse for us on the cross. He was made a curse for us. He took our sickness. He took our place. And every plague, every sickness that is not listed, even listed here, he redeemed us from it. He redeemed us from it. Oh, when you get the revelation of this, uh, you, that will be the end of sickness and disease. Amen. You will not allow or permit it in your life. That is what I discovered very early in my Christian walk. I said, look, if Jesus has been made a curse for me, if Jesus had paid the price for my sickness, then there's no use both of us bearing it. Then what was the point? No prisoner has to serve a sentence twice for the same thing. So if I've been redeemed from it, then there's, there's, there's no use me walking in, in sickness. For uh, over 20 years, I've not taken medication for anything, by God's grace. No, 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 no. <laughs> I walk in what, what, what is called divine health. It's one thing to be sick and to be healed. It's one thing not to be sick. You don't need me medication if you are not sick, do you? By the grace of God. But you see, the key is it's in God's word. And it's available. I saw that he's paid the price. I'll give you one of the keys. Pay attention to God's word. Proverbs chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs chapter 4. 
Proverbs chapter 4. Notice what he says. Thank you, Lord. My Lord and my God. God is so good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Keep, he says, Proverbs 4.20, My son, my daughter, put your name there. He's writing, this Bible is a book of letters. He's writing a letter to you. My son, my daughter, put your name there. What is the instruction here? Give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Which part of the body? The whole flesh. <laughs> Don't feel guilty if you're sick and you need medication. That, it, there's not, nothing wrong with that. But there's something better. <laughs> Health to all their flesh. It tells you exactly how to walk in divine health. Keep attention on the word of God. Now, the thought there is, if you, let's say, for instance, you are going to the post office to go pick up your mail, or you're going to, the, to, the, to, to go pick up your mail in your neighborhood, and somebody approached you and said, look, can we go here? To this other place. He said, no, 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 no. I have to be there at the post office. They close at 6 o'clock. I have to be there by 6 o'clock. So, in other words, you've prioritized and put that first. Over what the other person is saying. When he says, give attention to my words. What he's saying is, give my word first place in your life. In every situation, ask yourself, what does God's word have to say about this? Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep your eyes on this thing. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's where, that's where, really, where it starts working. You can have it in your head. It's one thing to have it in your heart. Another thing to have it in your heart. In everything, what does God's word have to say? What does God's word have to say? It will be health to all your flesh. Every part of your body, from the crown of your, in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you are tormented, if you are sick in any part of your body, receive your wholeness in Jesus' mighty name. But not only that, marriage, finances, every area of your life, put God first. What else has he redeemed us from? He's redeemed us from poverty. You see, when you see God first, put God first, everything else gets taken care of. Matthew 6.33. He, prior to that, he was talking about basic things that we need in life. Food, clothing, shelter. God knows that you have, to, you have to go to work. All that. Take care of kids. Everything else. You have a business. All that. But for everything else to be added, seek God first. Seek God first. You, so, you see, in Deuteronomy 2, if these people walk in their blessing, they walk in abundance, they walk in overflow, they walk in plenty. It could be a blessing to others. You shall be blessed and you will be a blessing. That's, that's always been God's plan. Jesus Christ on that cross was made a curse for us. He redeemed us from the curse of poverty. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, 
Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Well, when Jesus was down here, he, he was taken care of. On the cross, the poverty of the world was laid upon him. He was made, he was rich, he was doing all right in heaven. Then he came down here, relatively, if it compared, that is not the same. But where you will see, rich means to be abundantly supplied, to be well supplied. He became poor, he was made a curse, the same language that is used. He became a curse for us. We through his poverty might become rich. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich, and he added no sorrow to it, or toiling, that's no increase in the blessing. The blessing. That's what makes the difference. Is that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the rest of us. The blessing of Abraham. God has a financial system. He has a way of, of doing things. If you cooperate with him, you'll be all right. I say you'll be all right. It doesn't matter the nation, the infl whatever, inflation. No, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. There's no inflation up in heaven. Inflation is down here. But God will take care of you when you put his kingdom first. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's circle back and go back to that word. Let's wrap up with that, that word redemption. Now, in some other parts of the Bible, you notice that the Apostle Paul and others call themselves the Apostle Paul sometimes say he calls himself a born servant, a servant. Now, we've been redeemed from spiritual death to life, from all these things. But later on, he says that I'm a born servant. I'm a servant of the Most High God. When he says that, what is he saying? What that means is that it describes someone who is giving himself up to another's, way, another's will and to, to the service of another person. To, in this case, to be used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men, among people. Somebody who is dis, devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. That explains why the Apostle Paul was so dedicated and committed. Christ, oh, I, I, I know who I was before. I know what God has done for me. Now I give my life to others. Romans 1, 1 says, Paul, a born servant. Now he's saying that now that Jesus Christ has translated me, from that place where I was in bondage, where I was dominated by the enemy. Now my life interest, my whole life is yielded to serve the interest of the one who purchased me. I have a new master, I have a new owner. <laughs> when you make that decision, Life takes on a new meaning. Life becomes different. Lord, I live to serve your interest. I live for you. My life is in your hands. You own me completely. Not my will, but your will be done in my life. Lord, how can I serve you today? How can I be of service to you by serving others? Paul, a born servant of Jesus Christ. Oh, I pray. I'm talking to somebody. Maybe you are, you, you are sold under sin. Oh, today you can go from death to life. 
Maybe you are in bondage and captivity to sickness. Oh, I've seen it happen many times. You can go from sickness to health. You can be made completely whole. No matter the addiction, no matter what you are in bondage to, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I know God. I know Jesus. I know the Holy Spirit. Oh, one touch from the master and your life will not be the same. Oh, and now you say to him, Lord, I know where you picked me up from. I know what you've done in my life. I know who I used to be. I know, oh God, oh God. Oh, I know who I used to be but in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus oh the blessing of Abraham has now come upon my life now I am walking in the blessing Lord how can I be a blessing to somebody Lord I'm yielded to only your interest whatever you want to do in the end and God's primary interest is to see others coming to the kingdom of God Lord how can I partner with you in this endeavor oh God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus my life is in your hand my life is in your hand. And by the same token, now we say, not, not, now this verse will, make, will, will take on new meaning for us. First Corinthians 6, verse 20. He says, For you were bought at a price. Referring to that marketplace. Therefore, Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Now you are God's property. You belong to God. Lord, glorify yourself in my body and in my spirit. Lord, I am your own. Lord, I belong to you. <laughs> you were bought at a price. You were bought at a price. Redeemed at a price. Therefore, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are God's property. You belong to God. That means the enemy cannot just come and beat you around like he used to, unless you allow him. <laughs> you are God's property. You belong to God. <laughs> One time, uh, a certain landscaper, it was in, it was in Washington, uh, and he had, he had done the lawn so beautifully And people kept passing on the lawn and messing it up. <laughs> then he put a sign up and said, Gentlemen will not, and others will not, trespass on this lawn that I've taken my time beautifully to do. Trespass on this. When I heard that, I said, this is very good. I put a sign up in the spirit. I said, my body and my spirit belongs to God. Gentlemen will not, and others must not, trespass on God's property. <laughs> in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I decree and declare any form of bondage and captivity that you are in, go free in Jesus' name. For if Jesus Christ has made you free, you are free indeed. That means it's really so. Oh my God. I'm so happy. I'm a blessed man. And you are blessed as well if you know what the Bible says. No sentence has to be stressed right. Galatians 5. Let's wrap up with that. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled with a yoke. 
of bondage. Do not be entangled with a yoke of bondage. Stand fast. Stand your ground. In other words, stand your ground. Don't let go. He's made you free. So do not be entangled again. My Lord and my God. Stand your guy and say, not here. No, 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 not here. Not here. Not available on the market. <laughs> not here. <laughs> not here. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Somebody shout, I've been redeemed. Oh, thank you, Lord. But you see, you can walk in that illusion of bondage if you don't know that this is all available. And then the other side is, you sign up for service. Yeah. And say, Lord, I belong to you. My body, my spirit, every aspect of my life is yours. I will not hold back in any area of my life. I belong to you. I am yours totally. Life takes on a new meaning. Now you have a meaning and a purpose for living. Selfishness. Now get replaced with love. You are looking for somebody to be a blessing to. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. You, you, you see something has entered your system. Your faith has been fed. You are strengthened. Don't lose it. As soon as you leave here, get into an argument. <laughs> let it go with you throughout the whole week and look for somebody to be a blessing to you'll be a blessing this week you'll be a blessing all throughout your life somebody if you live here and somebody asks you what did you learn in church what did the pastor say Mr. Say, I don't remember I know he said something <laughs> He has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Redeemed. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.